At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Breaking news from Fox Sports. News out. The university has released news that Urban Meyer is retiring and Ryan Day is being promoted as the new coach at Ohio State. Urban Meyer's final game will be the Rose Bowl against Washington. He will then retire. So that is uh, something that I've been predicting on this show for several months that Urban Meyer would not return next year. And that news is officially out now. Ryan Day, who served as the interim while Urban Meyer was serving his suspension to begin this season, will now take over for Ohio State. Questions uh, that are going to be substantial as we unpack all of this. And uh, and we'll open up phone lines. Well, So we were talking about Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt discussion is now tabled as we have major breaking news with Urban Meyer announcing that he is stepping down. They're going to have a press conference today at Ohio State. What I have also predicted, and you can go back and listen to old tapes here, I have said that Urban Meyer would step down, that I believe that was the most likely thing we would that he would do, and then he would sit out a year, and then he would take over at USC because that would follow the pattern that he had set at Florida. Florida Gators... Urban Meyer comes in, wins a couple of national championships, is dominant, and wins at an incredibly high level. And then the program that he built, the foundation, starts to collapse around him, and he suddenly has health issues, and he says, I've got to retire. I can't keep this up. He sits out for a year, 
and then he takes over Ohio State. He builds Ohio State up rapidly. They win the first college football playoff national championship. And then for Urban Meyer's third national championship overall. And then he can't quite get back there again to those heights. And now the foundation of his program starts to crumble around him. Urban Meyer is leaving Ohio State again. Dwayne Haskins, one of the three Heisman finalists. He may go pro. Talk about the Washington Redskins. We were talking about the Redskins needing a quarterback now in the wake of Colt McCoy and the Alex Smith injury. Would it be shocking if they went and drafted Dwayne Haskins, who is from that area? Ohio State then goes back in, has to rebuild around Ryan Day. Who knows what they'll do on the defensive side of the ball. I'd be surprised if he retains Greg Schiano, given how bad the defense has been at times. Ryan Day will get the opportunity now to stamp this program as his own. Again, if you're just waking up, major breaking news, Urban Meyer has uh, announced that he is retiring from Ohio State and Ryan Day is going to replace him. The question immediately that spins forward for anybody, and we'll talk to Petros Papadakis about this in the next uh, in the next segment, is could Urban Meyer be doing the same thing with Ohio State that he did with Florida? Leave right as the foundation around him crumbles, sit out for a year, blame his health, get healthy, and then what job could be coming open? USC. The platform seems to fit almost perfect, perfectly, right? You got the Pac-12 conference, which is frankly not of national significance right now. Overall, not that impressive. Similar, frankly, to what the Big Ten was when he went to Ohio State. The Big Ten now has become a higher echelon conference. James Franklin rolling at Penn State. Jim Harbaugh doing decently at Michigan. Mark uh, Mark D'Antonio doing well at Michigan State over the years. There are a lot. Scott Frost now coming in at Nebraska. There are a lot of coaches starting to do pretty well in the Big Ten. Jump ship. Go out to the Pac-12 where you could dominate at USC and everybody else would not be on your level. That's my philosophy. I don't buy it. I think Urban Meyer's 56, still relatively young. I don't buy that he'll never coach again. Maybe he'll retire forever. I don't necessarily buy it. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Major breaking news in the last 20 minutes. Urban Meyer has been announced or has announced he's retiring at Ohio State. Urban Meyer done at Ohio State, and now Ryan Day will be taking over. Ryan Day um, is the interim coach who coached Ohio State to three straight victories during Urban Meyer's suspension before the season began. Urban Meyer stepping down, blaming health reasons. It's eerily similar. It is a reflection. It is a, a reinforcement almost of exactly what happened at Florida. The program's foundation started to crumble around him, and Urban Meyer suddenly has health issues and has to make the decision to leave. And so the immediate question that everybody faces here is a couple of things. One, how is Ryan Day going to do? What staff will he put together? What will he be able to do now that Ohio State is being handed to him Somebody go look. Uh, Dub, you look this up for me, if you would. When is the last time that Ohio State gave their job to a head coach who had never been a head coach before? Jim Tressel, I believe, was at Youngstown State. 
John Cooper had been a head coach before. Urban Meyer obviously had been a head coach before. I'm not counting Luke Fickle because he was an interim. I don't know how long it has been. Somebody look it up. Uh, That is a little bit of a risky move. Now, in so doing, in promoting Ryan Day, they are basically following the same model that Oklahoma followed. If you remember what Oklahoma did, Bob Stoops, national championship winning coach at Oklahoma, steps down. Immediately, Lincoln Riley takes over. Young, offensive, hotshot assistant and they have been on fire on the offensive side of the ball ever since. Been to two straight college football playoffs now with Lincoln Riley. That is your, you don't have to be a head coach to take over a premier program and become a stud example. Another one easily, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart took over at Georgia, has clearly, notwithstanding the 4th and 11 decision and the collapse against Alabama the last two years, Kirby Smart has clearly been one of the best straight-from coordinator to head coach hires in recent college football history. But the easiest precedent to point to, I think, is Oklahoma because that's what, in an ideal sense, uh, Ohio State would hope that they can do. Not skip a beat, maybe even accelerate and be even better than they were before. And certainly there is the precedent of Ryan Day having coached for three games and having seen already what he can do. So we will see whether or not Ryan Day can take uh, the next step and be akin to what we saw from Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Now, for Urban Meyer, that's question one. Question one is the future of the Ohio State program. Also, this ties in with a lot of the rest of the Big Ten. I think if you're James Franklin waking up this morning, you're excited at Penn State. I think if you are Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, you're excited at Michigan. You never beat this guy. Maybe you got a better chance against Ryan Day. I think if you are an Ohio State fan, you're cautiously optimistic with Ryan Day. You probably want him to go out and fix the defense because you feel pretty good about the offensive side of the ball with uh, everything else. So that is uh, the way that I would break this down from the Ohio State and the Big Ten perspective. He's a big loss for the Big Ten. Anytime you have a national championship winning coach like Urban Meyer, remember, with Urban Meyer retiring... This will mean that pending the outcome of this college football playoff, there are now only three coaches that have ever won national championships coaching right now in college football. Well, let me take a step back. Mac Brown is coming back. So Mac Brown has won a national championship. He will be at UNC, uh, and he has won a national championship. But there are only three coaches at programs that seem like they could contend for a national championship going forward. Nick Saban has obviously won a ton. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Jimbo Fisher has moved to Texas A&M. Seems to be building the Aggies back to a championship level. We'll see. Finishes 8-4. and four, uh, Tied for second place in the Big Ten West. And Mac Brown. And now Urban Meyer is gone. Now, the other question that is going to loom significant on the horizon here is outside of Ohio State, is Urban Meyer actually done? Urban Meyer is only 56 years old, I believe. You guys can confirm that he was only 56 years old. Let me circle back, by the way. I asked this question of Dub. Paul Bixter, Paul Bixler, 
is the last Ohio State coach to be named without any head coaching experience. He got hired all the way back in 1946 to coach Ohio State, and he only spent one year as a head coach. He had been an assistant at Colgate and Ohio State prior to his one year at Ohio State. So uh, this is a little bit of a risky move, given that he has never been, that is Ryan Day, a head coach on his own before. So uh, now the other conversation that goes on here is I think a substantial one. What is Urban Meyer going to do? Is Urban Meyer going to stay retired? You can go back to the tape on this show and we'll talk about this with Petros Papadakis coming up next. I said a couple of months ago that if you paid attention to Urban Meyer's history, that I believed Urban Meyer would be retiring in this offseason. And he obviously is retiring. He'll coach his final game in the Rose Bowl against Washington. And I said, if you follow Urban Meyer's history, when he retired at Florida, he set out for one year and then he went to a new conference and took the Ohio State job. All I'm saying is, what is the most premier program in America in a conference that Urban Meyer has not coached in that is likely to have potentially a head coaching vacancy at the end of this season? coming up the 2019 season it's USC so if Urban Meyer were going to coach again the ghost of Urban Meyer's coaching past is going to be shadowing everything that Clay Helton does now because I think a lot of people as they wake up on the west coast a lot of SC fans a lot of Trojans are thinking there's our guy We should pay Urban Meyer whatever he needs. Let him sit out for a year. Let him get his health back in shape. And then we can replicate the exact same pattern that we saw at Florida, now at Ohio State, and potentially now at USC. Get Urban into that Southern California weather. Let him deal with a conference that is on its death legs right now. Let's be honest. The Pac-12 is clearly the fifth most major conference in college sports right now zero doubt that the Pac-12 which was almost completely irrelevant in their Friday night Pac-12 title game 20,000 fans there between Utah and Washington nobody cared about that Pac-12 championship game it's a relatively weak conference much like the Big Ten was when Urban Meyer arrived Urban Meyer helped to build the Big Ten conference back to a high level of prominence Urban Meyer got there, then James Franklin leaves uh, from Vanderbilt, goes to Penn State, builds up a Big Ten championship caliber team. Mark D'Antonio, I feel like, was elevated by his games against Urban Meyer on the national stage. Jim Harbaugh comes in to try to compete with Urban Meyer. Nebraska hires Scott Frost. So a lot of good young coaching talent, a lot of good programs in the Big Ten that have gotten much better since Urban Meyer first went to Ohio State. And as a result, Ohio State's ability to be head and shoulders above everybody else at, in the Big Ten was diminished. What Urban Meyer effectively did at Ohio State was build an SEC caliber program at Ohio State, and he won so many games by just dominating everybody else in the Big Ten because they didn't have the same caliber of talent as him. He had SEC caliber talent. They did not. And as a result, Urban Meyer won at an incredibly high level. But what started to happen? 
they started to have major cracks in their foundation. If you look at what Urban Meyer did at Ohio State, the defensive side of the ball started to fall apart. I mean, that's just the truth. The defensive side of the ball in the last six uh, road games allowed 55 points to Iowa, which cost the last year Ohio State a chance to get into the college football playoff. They then allowed uh, over... 49 points or 49 points to Purdue this year and over 50 to Maryland and so three of the last six games that Ohio State played on the road they allowed 49 or more points against mediocre teams Iowa mediocre Maryland mediocre and Purdue mediocre so I think Urban Meyer's ability to be head and shoulders above everyone else had started to slip And as a result, even though he got the win over Michigan and he gets the Big Ten title, I think even the most dyed-in-the-wool Buckeye fan would say, you know what, we did start to slip up a little bit. Urban Meyer was not as dominant with what he had going at Ohio State right now as he had been early in his tenure. And I don't think there's any doubt at all that that is, in fact, the case. And so as dominant as Urban Meyer was – and he was incredibly dominant at Ohio State. I think the question going forward is, what will Urban Meyer do now? Will he legitimately retire and never coach college football again? Or will he find something else to do? He is only 54 years old. So Urban Meyer is still younger right now, I believe, than Nick Saban was when he took over at Alabama. So if he sits out for a year, Urban Meyer would be 55 years old and that USC job could be coming open. Just worth keeping in mind, how good, by the way, was Urban Meyer at Florida? I'm going to read his exact, uh, his exact uh, you know, performance there in, uh, what is it, four, five, six, seven years at Ohio State. Urban Meyer went 82-9 and nine overall and went 54 54- and four in the Big Ten. 54 and four. Here is Urban Meyer's finishing numbers in the division. First, 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 tied for first, tied for first, first, tied for first. That's Urban Meyer in his division in the Big Ten. Um, and here is Urban Meyer's finishing year uh, record in terms of the poll. They finished 10th, 1, 4, 6, 5, and we'll see where they finish. So every year after his first, uh, when they were, uh, they've been basically top 10 every year that Urban Meyer was at Ohio State. So a very uh, big name to replace, but again, it's eerily similar. Urban Meyer spent six years at Florida and then retired for health-related reasons. Urban Meyer now spending seven years at Ohio State and then retiring for health-related reasons, partly. Will he sit out for another year and then go elsewhere? We will talk about this with Petros Papadakis up next, uh, one of the foremost experts on USC in the country. We will talk about that with Petros Papadakis. Continue to unpack the major news of the morning. Again, breaking while we've been live on the air, Urban Meyer stepping down as the head coach of Ohio State. He will coach the Rose Bowl game against Washington and then be replaced by Ryan Day 
and uh, we will see what ends up happening with the Ohio State program and again as we're assessing where Urban Meyer might go and what he might do live in real time as this news has broken. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Let's go ahead and bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Petros Papadakis. Uh, Let me go ahead and figure out if I got any more ad reads that I need to do as I go to break here. Uh, We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We bring in now Petros Papadakis. Petros, your reactions as, uh, as Urban Meyer steps down. Well, I guess I'm not super surprised seeing the way that the year played out and kind of the public backlash and then also the local support and the tenure that he had in Florida was, what, six or seven years, and now this is seven years, and he's not getting any younger. He didn't seem very happy throughout the year, so that makes sense. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of rumors as to where he's going to surface, like the Cleveland Browns, and somebody said something about USC, some guy in Nashville. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking I, I, I said this. I said this a couple of months ago. I said if you follow the history of Urban Meyer as a head coach, right, if you follow what he has typically meant and what he has typically said, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt – uh, what Urban Meyer has done at, at Florida as the program started to uh, started to go down, right? And I think there's no doubt, even though Ohio State won the Big Ten this year, I think even the most dyed-in-the-wool Buckeye fan would have to say, you know what, the program did not seem like it was on very solid foundation this year. Uh, they were fortunate, Ohio State was, to win the title. Look, they, they got a late win against Penn State. They survived the two-point conversion try against Maryland. They, they won a lot a of close year. games. They beat the crap out of Maryland. Uh, they out of had Michigan. a great year. Yes, but you didn't feel, at least I didn't, especially with Dwayne Haskins likely to leave, I don't feel like Ohio State was the same kind of dominant team that they have been in the past. And I think the defense has kind of fallen apart. So, anyway, if you follow the precedent for what he did at Florida, leaves Florida, says, I don't have good health, I'm going to sit out, maybe I'm going to retire, never coach again, sits out one year, less than that even, and he then takes the Ohio out. State he job. games. Yeah, but he worked. Yeah. He worked for ESPN. But he was basically sitting out, it seemed to me, waiting for that Ohio State opportunity. He got it. We know how much pressure is going to be on Clay Helton. Is it not an easy uh, kind of uh, line to follow that if Urban sits out for another year, that he would be the first call that USC would make if Clay Helton doesn't have a good year in 19? Well, first, you have the overriding university issues of abuse with a gynecologist on campus. You know about that, right? Yeah, and that's a massive issue that affects the university at large uh, in a substantial way. And and Urban Meyer... So you think because of the not turning in uh, over that situation? Well, he he has many detractors in the world of uh, being complicit toward that sort of thing. Yes. Uh, At Florida and at Ohio State. But... That being said, I think USC and their situation is the way it is because they won't hire a coach with the chops of Urban Meyer. They didn't want Chris Peterson. 
they don't want somebody that's going to come in there and change the foundation of what they have created. USC does not operate like most athletic departments. That's why they're in trouble. They have people that are there inside the athletic department. Nobody knows their name really publicly, and they're holding on to power. And that's why they didn't hire Greg Byrne when he was at Arizona. Now he's at Alabama doing great. That's why they didn't hire Chris Del Conte, who was at TCU. Now he's at Texas doing great. They could have had those ADs. Those ADs wanted to be there. They could have had Chris Peterson. He wanted to be there. When are people going to figure out that USC doesn't want a powerful voice? Now, in one year from now, if USC has a new university president, and they've started to root out some of their old guard, the people that enabled Pat Hayden and, and Lynn Swan extending Clay Helton when no one else was going to hire him. If that is the case a year from now, then maybe what you're saying is true. But under USC's current structure, there's no way they'd take a guy like Urban Meyer, good or bad, because they don't want him to move their cheese to change their, their country club. Urban Meyer is only 54 years old. Granted, he's had health issues at Florida, and now he has health issues at Ohio State. You seem to be bypassing the health issues like you don't believe them. Uh, it's not that I don't believe them. It's that I don't believe they stop him from being a coach. You know, they, they do seem to pop up whenever there's controversy or the str- Whenever things are not going well for Urban Meyer, it seems like his health gets brought up. Remember back in the day, when uh, it seemed like uh, Michael Jordan, whenever he was like sick or a little bit injured, like he never limped after he made a shot, right? But every time Jordan would miss a shot, he would limp back, he would cough, you know, if he was sick. Like it was like he wanted you to know, hey, I'm not 100%. Like LeBron with the, with the wrist brace after the finals. Yes, exactly like LeBron with the with the freaking cast after the final so hey yeah yeah you just so you know I'm lucky to like he had to put the cast on to go to the post-game press conference right like it was such a dramatic thing you couldn't wait you know 24 more minutes and put the cast on you had to get the cast put on before you went for the the post-game press conference um it does seem like every time Urban Meyer is having stress or things are not going smoothly. Like I said, I didn't ever notice him on the sideline during the Michigan game look like he was near death um, at any point in time. Whereas throughout the entirety of the Maryland game, you would have thought the guy was on the deathbed. So I do think that the health conditions, and look, if he sits out for a year, he claimed that he got healthy uh, during the year that he set out uh, after Florida. Maybe he's going to get healthy again in the year that he sits out. I just find it hard to believe that he's fully done with coaching at the age of 54. Do you also find that hard to believe? Yes. I think you make a good point. So, and because he was such a joyless broadcaster when he yeah. did do TV. Yeah, he wasn't John Madden, right? It wasn't like he got in the booth and you were like, oh, wow, this guy's got a lot of verve and vitality. Man, it's clear. Like, he was like thoroughly uh, like just boring as a broadcaster. Well, he was with a very good broadcaster, I always think, in Chris Spielman. Yeah. But one thing Spielman barely does is smile. Yeah. On camera. And Urban Meyer was so, like, mean and stone-faced. I mean, they'd come on camera before a game, and I'd be like, you know, what is this? This is like an <laughs> SAT. This is terrible. 
uh, he did. He did seem like he was like a proctor of giving you an exam at your uh, at your high school uh, and 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 Stern Urban Meyer. So let's go to the Big Ten now. Okay, Urban Meyer is out of the picture right now. How do you think Ryan Day will do? I think he'll do fine uh, for a while, but and I think they'll be very good and dominant because they're Ohio State. They'll be very good getting people in there. It'll be interesting to see if they still have the gravity and cachet, you know, by 2021, 2020. That'll really tell the tale. But those people are spoiled, and they want immediate success. So this guy's probably automatically on the hot seat, which is unfortunate for him. But, any, I mean, if they lose to Purdue, people are going to want him fired. Yes. If they go to Iowa and, and give up a 50-burger, people are going to want him fired. If they lose or win against Maryland in overtime, people are going to want him to be fired. So he's on thin ice, <laughs> and uh, it might just be an uphill battle no matter what. All right, so if you are a Big Ten fan of Penn State, Michigan State, Nebraska, certainly Michigan, good news for you or bad news for you? This is great. What kind of question is that? I, Do you I, want to I, play defense or offense when overtime starts? This is great news. One of the great football coaches in the history of uh, this century is retiring from your conference. So you know he's probably not going to take another job in the conference. So if I'm Scott Frost, Harbaugh, Braum, anybody, uh, <laughs> Franklin, uh, uh, PJ Fleck, I'd be I'd be having a, a beer right now and 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 playing some music and dancing a little bit. It's a great thing. The reason why I ask this is because it sounds like crazy talk, but Oklahoma's actually gotten better in the first two years since Bob Stoops left, and with Lincoln Riley. Is and Lincoln I Riley thought, at Ohio State? Well, I thought the first three years as an interim for Ryan Day, the first three games, sorry that Ohio State looked better offensively than they looked for the rest of the year. Now, you can say, well, that's just because people caught up to what they were doing. There's certainly a lot of other things out there. But Lincoln Riley has taken Oklahoma football to another level since Bob Stoops left. Is it possible that the same thing could happen for Ryan Day? That's the reason why I ask, is this good or bad? Because I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Urban Meyer was a cloud in some ways given what happened off the field on the Ohio State program and Ryan Day now gets to come in with a clean slate and already really good talent right yeah Uh, now you might be right for three or four years down the road we don't know if he'll identify and continue to recruit at the same level that Urban Meyer did but in the meantime that program is pretty stacked that he's taken over that's a positive way to spin it and you know you could say that about Clay Helton I mean the guy's the coach at USC so they recruit the best talent, and the best talent comes in. But since we're talking about recruiting, I'd much rather, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, recruit against Ryan Day, who nobody knows what that guy looks like, than Urban Meyer. I'd much rather walk into somebody's living room, if I'm Scott Frost, uh, the day after Ryan Day does, as opposed to the day after Urban Meyer. Uh, controversies aside, name recognition and being famous means a lot to these young guys. And that's gone now from Ohio State, which is not to say Ryan Day can't have success. 
I just think it's a good, it's a very interesting angle you ask about those coaches, uh, about the impact on them, and the impact is all positive. Doesn't mean Ohio State's still not a beast in the room, but I'd much rather recruit against that guy than Urban Meyer. Do you think Urban Meyer would have retired if the off-the-field incidents never come up? Right, no. it's hard to know for sure. But if we never have any of the uh, any of the ridiculous surrounding uh, surrounding the domestic violence incidents and what his assistant coaches knew and what they didn't know, do you think there's any way he retires right now? Well, since we're talking about it in this kind of soulless way, and I do not know him, and I'm not close to the situation at Ohio State. My answer would be just reading the tea leaves from far away. No, I don't think so. I think whatever it is took a toll on him and took a toll on him personally and physically or or whatever it is you want to take from the stories and the praise and adulation he's received. And he's going to give it up. But, But it's hard to believe he's done with coaching. I agree with what you're saying. We're talking to Petros Papadakis. Follow him at Petros and Money, also at The Old P. He's AM570 LA Sports. Many of you will in the LA area will be listening to him in the afternoon as you drive home. He's starting the morning off with us. Appreciate him getting up. Uh, all right, uh, let's leave behind Urban Meyer here for a sec. Your thoughts, final question for you. Your thoughts on the college football playoff. Did the committee get it right? Yeah, I think so. Were you one of those arguing for Georgia from your – bunker in the south yeah but i i thought that uh that the fourth and 11 call and and in particular the performance against lsu i wrote yesterday that i think the committee got it right um i i think georgia you know if they are upset they have only themselves to blame for their performance against lsu and for what i thought was the heinous absurd ridiculous decision to go with a fake punt on fourth and 11 in a tie game uh so i thought georgia had their opportunity squandered it i think the committee got it right Certainly didn't look very good that fake punt, did it? Oh, it was a. I mean, when you bring in your backup quarterback uh, to be on the punt team, uh, it's kind of a red flag. You know, it's kind of a hey. You know, like it's drawing attention to the fact that you're doing something different than you would ordinarily be doing. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed the game. I almost wanted to text you in the middle of the game. Uh, the greatest team in the history of college football is struggling a little bit right now. Yes. I think uh, you prematurely do things like that. It's part of your nature. That's okay. But I I like Oklahoma. Their defense leaves a lot to be desired, but they played pretty well against a really tough Texas team and a team that's getting better and better in Texas. I think they'll be very formidable next year as far as the playoff goes if Ellinger can remain healthy. But Oklahoma certainly, like you said, they're another level offensively. Uh, Clemson's earned it. Uh, Notre Dame, they're not going to keep them out if they're undefeated, and they are. And Alabama's been the class of football all year, despite you know the eight conference games and, and that whole thing that kind of bothers me about the lack of uniformity that we have in the, in the playoff. That's been argued and talked about forever. I wish we had more of a playoff so more of the country could be involved. Uh, six or eight games, I'd appreciate. But as far as this year, yeah, I think they got it right. I don't like the two SEC teams get in. But if Georgia beats Alabama, I understand why it would have happened. 
Good stuff, as always. Petros Papadakis, good luck with Urban Myers, your next USC coach, as if L.A. needed more drama. I think that'll give you something to talk about today. Yeah, fight on to you. <laughs> at Petros and Money, at the old P. Go follow him on Twitter. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Last night, the final game of the 12th game of the NFL season, Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles have climbed back into NFC East contention. Back-to-back wins in division. Last week, they beat the New York Giants. This week, they got past the Washington Redskins. And the Redskins had another awful injury at quarterback. Broken leg for Colt McCoy. That meant that Mark Sanchez came in and effectively everything went awry now the positive for the Washington Redskins I believe we have the play call of this the uh the ageless wonder Adrian Peterson went 90 yards for a touchdown that was on the I believe the first play for Mark Sanchez after he entered the game this is what that sounded like here is the play call as Adrian Peterson goes 90 yards Sanchez in for the injured Colt McCoy. Adrian Peterson, the running back. He gives it to AP. Through a hole, 15-20 to the 30. AP to the races. 30, electrified. AP, 90 yards for a touchdown. Okay, that play, 90 yards. Incredible that Adrian Peterson at the age of 33 can still run away from everyone. He remains a medical marvel. So a 90-yard touchdown run by Adrian Peterson on the first play after Mark Sanchez comes in the game to replace Colt McCoy. For the rest of the game, 31 plays run by the Washington Redskins for a total of 89 yards and three points. Again, first play, 90-yard touchdown run by Adrian Peterson. Mark Sanchez then ran 31 more plays for a total of 89 yards and three points. Uh, That is a uh, break the glass. Oh, my God. Let's go find uh, the fire extinguisher and try to put out the fire that is a disaster of the Washington Redskins offense. So in hour one, I floated the question. I said, First of all, you know you got two broken leg quarterbacks, so they're not coming back this year, and they're probably not going to be ready in September. Maybe it makes sense to go ahead and uh, and sign a guy, certainly, to go along with Mark Sanchez. The available quarterbacks out there, E.J. Manuel, T.J. Yates, Kellen Clemens, Josh Johnson, Nathan Peterman, Matt Moore, Paxton Lynch, there's nobody out there that's really very accomplished. And so I said, maybe it makes a sense to break the glass and go get Colin Kaepernick, particularly if you are the Washington Redskins right now and you have been getting raked over the proverbial coals via your decision to sign Reuben Foster, which was a major point of awkward discussion last night during the Monday Night Football broadcast. And so I even said that if you were Dan Snyder, you could potentially go sign Kareem Hunt. You need a younger running back too. Maybe you want to pair Kareem Hunt with Darius Geis who tore his ACL before the season started. And you can argue we're giving everybody a fresh start and all of the attention would go to your signing of Colin Kaepernick and nothing would go to anything else. Now, the irony of Colin Kaepernick going to work for the Redskins 
would be uh, interesting for the social justice warrior contingent. But I honestly don't think there is a better quarterback available out there. Now, I don't know if Colin Kaepernick wants to play football. I don't know if he's even still doing regular football drills. It could be a disaster for him if he actually came back into the league because it basically destroys his martyr image. But I think it would go a long way towards effectively ending the two-year disaster that the NFL got into surrounding the Colin Kaepernick protest. So those are my thoughts. And in particular, I'm going to open up the phone line. I believe, having watched that video, that Kareem Hunt deserves a second chance. You may not agree with me. That's certainly your right. But if I ran an NFL team and I thought we needed a running back for next season, based on what I've seen from Kareem Hunt, I would do my due diligence. I would sit down with him. I would figure out how much other stuff might be out there. And I would tell him that I have zero tolerance for any misbehavior on his part. He needs to understand this is his last chance. And I would sign him. And you guys may think, oh my God, that's unbelievable. I know we live in this era when everybody wants to climb up onto a soapbox and scream about how outraged they are. I'm not defending what Kareem Hunt did. I'm simply saying there are people who have done worse in the NFL. And if I were running an NFL team, my goal would not be to have everybody be choir boys on my team. It would be to find the best people who are good at football. And some of those people who are good at football have dark, troubling pasts that are, uh, that are things that are not ideal. But I believe, and I continue to believe, that if you are not in jail... You are eligible to play football. And what I saw from Kareem Hunt on that video would not disqualify him from representing the Clay Travis uh, team, right? If I were rich enough to own an NFL team and the Bucks stopped with me, I would make the decision to go sign Kareem Hunt if I needed a running back and if I could convince myself through my investigation that there was nothing else out there. Nothing that I saw in that video made him unemployable forever if you go watch that tmz video he shoved a guy a man who ran into a girl and then he kicked the woman his behavior was inappropriate it was even to a large extent not defensible but if he apologizes for it and he's learned going forward that he can't put himself into those situations again i'd be fine having him play for my team some of you disagree many of you may 877-996-6369. I'll take your calls on this. Let me start by bringing in the crew. Danny G, would you sign Kareem Hunt for your team if you owned an NFL franchise? Well, I understand your argument, and it's obviously going to vary from team to team. For my favorite team, the Raiders, I would say no, and it's just because the organization is going through a cleansing right now. You, When you were in Los Angeles and kind of busy on the TV lot a few weeks back, Mark Davis came out and admitted that that stench before and during and after the Redskins game was actually true because at the time the Raiders had been denying it, the players, the front office. And then now we find out that that actually did happen. The O-line having a beef with Carr because they didn't know how to quite get on the same page with the anthem and what happened with uh, the president tweeting and all of that. So the Raiders since have been busy cleaning out their locker room. That's why their O-line looks completely different right now. And you know the mess they've been dealing with. And then two, 
Fred Blitnikoff, of course, the great wide receiver, his daughter was murdered in a domestic violence incident a while back, and they just opened Tracy's Place of Hope for Battered Women. So the Raiders, for a long time, have supported anti-domestic violence causes, and so it would be strange, I think, for my favorite team to bring in any sort of player who has this on his resume. What about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? Uh, For any player... If I was my team, if I'm the owner, any player that I would consider uh, signing that has had a history of domestic violence uh, would have to really go above and beyond uh, proving to me that he was a changed person and uh, before I would even consider it. Um, I'm, I, I do believe in second chances, but again, I, I, I wouldn't be something where... Uh, you know, I said, well, if you did step one, two, and three, then we could sign you. I, I, would, all of the onus would be on him. He would have to show me that on his own, he has gone above and beyond to you know get counseling, treatment, everything, and then I would consider it. But it would be a, a, a lot for him to have to do for me to think about it. All right, let me say this too: the use of the term domestic violence, and I do as well doesn't really apply to Kareem Hunt, okay? Domestic violence d- defined is a violent or aggressive behavior within the home, typically involving the violent abuse of a spouse or partner. Kareem Hunt didn't know this girl for more than a couple of hours. I think they met at the club and they brought her back. This is domestic violence. I think we use oftentimes the term synonymous with uh, what a, a man mistreating a woman this is more accurately described, I think, as simply violence, right? It's, it, it's violence by, uh, by Kareem Hunt that the investigators, at least in the city of Cleveland, is my understanding, reviewed this video, spoke to all the witnesses, and did not feel like they could prosecute a case based on what they saw here. So there is a substantial difference, I believe, between this and what Reuben Foster is accused of. Reuben Foster is accused of domestic violence directly involving a spouse or partner that has gone on for multiple months over a long and prolonged period. Kareem Hunt is effectively accused of violence. If If there were no woman involved in this video at all, if this was a hallway video and Kareem Hunt was shoving a man and he threw a punch or kicked a guy when he was on the ground, I don't even think this would be a story. I think the only reason this is a story is because there is a woman involved, right? now. But, but don't I, you think that is appropriate? Well, do I mean, you, I don't... Do you view I, violence against a woman differently than violence against a man? Because I do, whether that's right or wrong, I do. No, I, I think that it is worse. I don't think there's any doubt. But it's not domestic violence under the definition of what domestic violence is. And therefore, I think if you look at the larger context of who is in the NFL right now, again, Joe Mixon did something worse on video. He violently assaulted a woman and broke her face uh, in a restaurant on video. And he plays running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyreek Hill pled guilty to strangling and choking uh, and punching his pregnant girlfriend, um, and he still plays in the NFL. So I, I am looking at this entirely from a legal perspective, right? I have represented, as a criminal defense attorney, people accused of all sorts of heinous acts, murder, uh, domestic violence, drug dealing, assault, 
uh, disorderly, like all these different things I have done. So I look at this from the perspective of someone who has represented as part of his job people who have been accused of heinous acts, right? And so I use the precedent of what exists already in the NFL, and I watched the video of Kareem Hunt, and I thought it was obviously inappropriate behavior, but not criminal behavior. Uh, I think I agree with the Cleveland district attorney here that this would be a difficult case to prosecute. And so I think the standard that's being asked here, and I think it's not an easy question, and I think certainly there can be multiple answers and reasonable people can differ. How do you respond to behavior like this, which is not of a criminal nature, but is inappropriate? And how do you determine whether or not someone is able to play uh, football they clearly have the ability, like Kareem Hunt does, based on this behavior. I don't think it's an easy answer. I'm just saying I would sign him if I believed that he was going to change his behavior and not put himself into situations like this anymore. If we had a zero tolerance uh, status, if I owned a team, and if I believed that we needed somebody of his talents on my team. Do you agree with me or do you think I'm crazy? You can be both. Uh, 877-996-6369. We'll go to your phone calls. Again, that phone number, 877-996-6369. We also have, by the way, uh, a a huge number of you who have weighed in on Twitter. 30,000 of you have voted in our Twitter poll. Would you be okay with your team signing Kareem Hunt? 53% of you said yes. I tend to think if 53% say yes right now, that a month from now, it would be well over 60%, right? People in the immediate aftermath of any incident are most likely to be angry, and that anger will fade over time if you believe that a guy or girl is, uh, is taking responsibility for their misbehavior and that they may have learned from it. What are the limits of redemption? Should Kareem Hunt be on an NFL team? Would you sign him if you were an owner? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.